Well, um, I don't know about anyone else, but I, I just count it a real privilege to be doing life with God. And we've been talking about uh, that, that particular uh, subject for a few weeks now. And again, uh, had a week of just thanking the Lord for our family, actually. We had our daughter with us for a week uh, over from New South Wales. And, and it's just been a blessing to have her there. And I know uh, Johnson there on the sound desk has, has enjoyed having his sister with him as well and, and us just being together as a family, uh, uh, the four of us, and, and uh, talking about things that you know, we've experienced and uh, praising the Lord together, actually. It's been, been quite, quite um, uh, a fruitful time in the Lord as well. And, um, and, uh, and so Rose is just squeezing a few extra uh, moments in with her this morning before she flies out uh, today. And, um, and so uh, we can't blame her for that at all. Um, so, so glory to God. Well, as I say, it's good to be a people that love to do life with God, you know, to be a people that counted a privilege uh, to do life with God. And uh, Jesus came, as we know, not just to give us eternal life uh, when our time on earth is up, and uh, we, we do uh, look forward to eternity with uh, a great hope and um, an assurance that uh, eternity is going to be fantastic. You think of your best moment as a believer on the earth, it's going to be that much better uh, as we come into heaven. And uh, heaven's a great place. And we, 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 we uh, remind ourselves uh, occasionally about how good it will be. Um, but, uh, you know, most of us spend uh, a lot of our time avoiding uh, the possibility of heaven, don't we? You know, we're, we're, we're careful, we watch what we do, we don't want to uh, finish our time up here too quickly. Um, but of course, um, we've got to remember that heaven's better than this. We used to sing a song uh, in the church where I got saved. It was called, Heaven is Better Than This. And uh, we used to sing about, you know, streets of gold and, um, and uh, uh, all the blessing that, were, you know, heaven has for us. But the truth is that God came to give us eternal life. We've even heard that a few verses, a few scriptures. But we've also got to understand that that can be a very limited view if we think that's all he came to bring us. He came to bring us abundant life as well. And, uh, and Jesus said that, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly over in John 10.10. It's a great truth and a great scripture. And of course, when you uh, get a hold of that reality of that, that there's more to life than just going through naturally, that there's actually a supernatural life that we're called to. And uh, it, it does, it, it involves prayer, it involves praise and worship, it involves uh, being a people of faith. And, and of course, we need to remind ourselves of that uh, from time to time. He wants us to be partakers of that life. And, um, and as we've been seeing, that is something that we have to choose. We've seen it in the scriptures in Deuteronomy. Um, it's a life that needs to be chosen. Um, it's not something that just drops out of heaven on us by default. You know, the abundant life is something that we need to take by faith and, uh, and receive as a promise that belongs to us. And uh, we recognize it involves obtaining the promises of God. And uh, uh, we, we uh, uh, I, I believe Rosemary as well, I can say we in that sense, is that we came to an understanding of what that meant to start living by faith in the promises of God. Came into a church that taught that. Uh, came into a church that helped us to understand that, um, that this is a truth that we need to embrace. Uh, otherwise, just by default, you, you miss out on what God has for you. 
simply, you know, uh, the Bible says my people perish through lack of knowledge. That's talking about us. Through lack of knowledge, God's people perish or have, you know, circumstances that are less than what God intended. And uh, uh, we need to be a people that are aware of that. Why don't we just pray this morning as we get into the word and just open our hearts again to receive uh, what he has first. Father, we, we do. We thank you. What a privilege it is to come together, Father, as a people, Lord, and, and worship your name, to recognize how great you are, Father. And Lord, we, we again come around your word now and we thank you for the word, Father God, that, that comes today, Lord God. We open our hearts to receive from you. We declare that the entrance of your word gives us light. Lord God, it doesn't even make manifest the darkness, Lord God. Lord, that we might see clearly in the midst of a difficult circumstance and situation, Father. Adversity that we may be facing, Lord God, that we might be a people that are, are, are stirred today, Lord God, to stand up and fight a good fight of faith, Father. Or even obtain promises, Father, that are there waiting for us. And so, Lord, we thank you. And we ask, Holy Spirit, as you minister in this church today, that you touch hearts and, and lives, Father, through, through uh, Holy Spirit, through your word in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. You know, the Apostle Peter uh, describes choosing the abundant life so very well for us as well. Um, over in uh, 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 the second book, in uh, 2 Peter, uh, it says there, uh, Grace... Uh, and peace be multiplied to you. This is 2 Peter 1 and verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you, what? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. There's that knowledge, you know, my people perish through lack of what? Knowledge. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You know, I make no... Uh, 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 I guess you could say, uh, apology for the fact that when you come into a church like ours, there's a lot of teaching. We encourage teaching. We encourage getting a hold of books and tapes and CDs and things that will help you to understand. We, we, we put a good selection up. Every now and then we get a new lot in. We're due to get a new lot in as well. And uh, it's all designed to get us to understand the truths that will make the difference and allow us to go uh, into that area of actually receiving revelation knowledge, and, and knowledge that will help us grow and, and develop. And look what it says. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, already given, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been, uh, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Just say exceedingly great and precious promises. Just say that exceedingly great and precious promises. I tell you what, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let's be clear, abundant life, the abundant life of God is chosen in our lives by the exercise of our faith. That's how they're chosen by the exercise of our faith. It's not just like signing a contract from this day forward, I'm going to uh, uh, choose abundant life. It's not like that. Every day there needs to be an exercise of your faith that you're going to walk in the abundant life of God. You know, that you're going to choose that through your faith, through your believing. And uh, I want to again encourage you before we move on this morning that we have to be a people that are willing to go past merely believing the promise of God might come true 
if I'm fortunate, if I'm lucky. I don't like that word lucky. I heard my daughter say it this week and I think, boy, I need to just really talk to you about that. That word, <laughs> that word lucky, because we're not lucky, are we? We're a blessed people, you know. And, uh, you know, I didn't get, I was enjoying her company too much. I didn't give her a lecture about it or anything, so you'll be glad to know. But I just thought, oh, she's using lucky, oh. You know, we need to be the ones that are willing to have his word in our mouths and on our lips. You know, when David put up his hand to take on that giant Goliath, he already had the spirit of faith. He it was already moving in it. You know, he already had that spirit of faith in his heart. You know, someone says that uh, he just wanted to get ahead in life. Well, it's true. You know, he did just want to get ahead in life. But notice that when you read the story, he came uh, equipped not with Saul's armour. He came with faith in his heart. What he knew worked. He came with faith in his heart and in his mouth and he declared the outcome of that uh, fight with, with Goliath right from the outset. I'm going to feed you to the, you know, to the birds of the air. You know, Pastor Mark Hankins, I like what he says. He says, never run at your giant with your mouth shut. You know, whatever your enemy is, never run at it. Never take it on with your mouth shut. In other words, just believing, oh, well, I hope this turns out all right. Make sure that you couple it with words. Make sure you couple it with, you know, uh, declaration and decrees from the word of God about the outcome. That's going to make all the difference. It's not just a case of removing wrong speaking from our mouths. I found uh, there was a season there in my, my new Christian life, you know, where, where I found that I'd learned not to say the wrong thing, but I hadn't started saying the right thing. I hadn't started making those decrees from God's word over my life. And when I did, when I started writing them down so that I could say it and say it again and again, things changed. I went through such a shift in my uh, life because I'd, I'd learned to speak what God was saying, you know, saying what God says. We don't want to get sluggish or lazy uh, with inheriting God's promises. We need to be a people who are about it every day. Um, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Inherit the promises of God. The fulfilment of what he has said uh, would come to pass in our lives. And the Bible tells us it is through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. But we have to get past the only believing bit, the only wishing bit, the thinking that we could get lucky, you know. It might happen to us. We've got to get past that to the place of being very, very, uh, 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 very, very uh, uh, confident about the fulfilment of God's word in our life. You see, only believing is only halfway there. Get that. Only believing is only halfway there. We've got to get to the point where we're actually saying what God says, praying what God says. You know, when Moses died, Joshua was a successor. I was wondering whether a die was going to touch in on that today. I'm going, no, no, that's, that's in my sermon. That's in my... <laughs> But she didn't go there, so it was good. But um, when Moses died, Joshua was his successor. And uh, the biggest leadership tip that God gave Joshua was that this book of the law that they had, that they are already referring to, should not depart from his mouth. And uh, it's a good word. If God gave Joshua an upskill, any upskill at all, for that role of leading the people into the promised land, it was this. Get the word in your heart. 
and get the word in your mouth. And in, uh, we'll just quickly look at it. Joshua 1 and verse 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may be uh, observed to, uh, uh, to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. You know, most people I meet are happy to receive uh, prosperity and good success. And we're given here a tip from the very advice that was given by the Lord to Joshua. And you think about it, he could have been, he could have been given so much instruction. He could have been given navigation tips on how to do this and how to do that and where to go and what to do. Or he says, no, get the word of God in your heart and in your mouth, you know, and watch what you think on. One of the biggest problems I find in the body of Christ is what people will think on. He actually says that, you know, she'll meditate in the same passage of scripture. He says, you meditate in the word of God day and night. He actually was saying to him, there's no time of the day or night that you shouldn't be meditating in the word of God. You know, going through it, reading the Psalms, reading the, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, the Proverbs. You know, men, I want to say this is that men should be reading from the book of Proverbs every day. It's a good little exercise, just maybe not all year long, but uh, every day find a chapter in the month, because there's 30 days in the month usually, and read a chapter of Proverbs and then the next day read another one. You know what it'll give you? Wisdom. It'll provide wisdom to you. And I, I heard of a pastor one time who was saying that what God said to him, uh, he complained to the Lord that he never had a natural father that spoke wisdom into his life. And the Lord spoke to him and said to him, read the book of Proverbs. That's my wisdom for you. And he started to read the book of Proverbs. And, and, and of course, his ministries just, you know, just flourished. And uh, he, he operated in the wisdom of God. Didn't need it from his natural father. So praise the Lord. Next truth. Take a note. Our faith doesn't just need to be patient. It needs love. I'm just going to switch over here. We finished last week looking at the need to overcome evil with good. Uh, blessing those that persecute us and not cursing them. Someone may well ask, well, what has that got to do with living the God kind of life? Well, I don't know about you, but I found out that that was the commandment that the Lord gave us, wasn't it? A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So it has everything to do with the abundant life. And let's just see... Uh, from the Bible that, you know, uh, it says in the scripture that our faith works. I should say um, uh, our faith works by love. Galatians 5 and verse 6 there it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision or uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. So it doesn't matter where you've come from, what ethnic group you're from. We're a multicultural church here. And it doesn't matter what your background is. According to Galatians, we are one in Christ. And we always are going to uh, proclaim that from the, uh, from the pulpit, that we're, we're all about being one in Christ. We're all brothers and sisters in him. And uh, that's the greatest pursuit. That's why we say, preach Christ and him crucified, because we all need to know who we are in Christ and live out of that connection and live out of that spirituality that comes. But if... Um, if we read the word of God, it's not hard to arrive at the biblical conclusion that if we're going to do life with God, our love walk will need to be worked on. 
As we saw last week, the Apostle Paul tells the church in Rome to do good to your enemy. As difficult as that may seem at times. If someone does evil to you, what are you like? Rosemary got the wrong answer last week if you were here. But could you feed them if they were hungry? And uh, by the way, she was just joshing when she said no. <laughs> Give them a drink when they are thirsty. Could you do that? You see, that's what you need to be like with your enemy. Okay. And those that uh, persecute you or, or, or do wrong against you. And we looked at it just very briefly, but look at it again in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse uh, 19 through to 21. It says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. In other words, the Lord will deal with him. The Lord will deal with him in the way that he will, he will deal with him. But you just be found doing good. Sometimes we want to avenge ourselves. Who's been there? Two hands, great. Um, who's been there? Where you, want, where you feel that you have to avenge yourself, you feel that you have to defend yourself, you feel that you have to defend your respect, you know, and make sure no one disrespects you. And, uh, you know, the Christian way is a different way, you know. It's turn the other cheek. It's go the extra mile. And, and amazingly, and I, I really realised what the Lord was talking about just recently when he said, um, you know, I send you forth as sheep uh, to the slaughter. As lambs to the slaughter, I beg your pardon. Lambs to the slaughter. That's what he's talking about. He sends us out that way. And, you know, you ask me, I guess it's a, a fairly reasonable question. What about defending yourself if someone's coming at you? Well, I know I would defend myself. Taught my son to defend himself at school. And, uh, but turning the other cheek is when someone's coming against you and, um, you, know, uh, uh, you know, as an enemy and coming against you uh, uh, to, to persecute you. That's where you need to learn to turn that other cheek. Um, I don't believe that we should be rubber mats. Uh, for people to wipe uh, uh, on us because they, they think we Christians are like to see what we do. Um, you know, the part of God's love that should help us to love the undeserving is highlighted so well for us uh, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. And we should see it uh, again. We should know it. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, he loved the undeserving. He, and the truth for us is so should we. He loved the undeserving. Those that didn't have love coming to them, he loved. And if he's loved us, then we need to love others like he does. He loved us where we were. It's one of those truths that we hang on to here. Because we know that as a church, our ministry is to reach out and love people with the same love that we're loved with. But to reach out to, you know, the community to those around us. And I'll be talking a little bit more about that this morning as we continue. He loved us where we were. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. That's why we can love him, because he reached out to us and loved us. Amen? And that's how we reach out to others as well. We love them first. He captured our heart by revealing his loving heart to us. But then expects us to adopt that same love in our relationship with others. So if you can think of an enemy, 
you know, and I know about putting distance between you and those that have hurt you. We, we've all done that. You know, the, the, um, the distance, that, the healthy distance uh, for those that have hurt us. But, but understand that God wants us still to love them. You say, what do I do? How do I, how do I work through that? What have I, you know, what's the thing that I can do that helps? First of all, start to pray for them. First of all, pray for your enemies. That's it. That's the first thing. You say, well, I don't feel like it. Well, if you do it by faith, the feeling will come. I found that even just recently. You know, that the feeling comes and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you know you're on, on the right track when you start praying for an enemy. Someone who's who despitefully used you. After Peter gets an answer to the question on how many times he should forgive someone who has sinned against him, Jesus tells a parable. And that is all about loving with the love that God has loved us with. It's a great parable, Matthew 18 and verse 23 to 27. We're going to look at it. It says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven, this is Jesus talking. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he'd begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But he was not able to pay. And his master commanded that he be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. And the servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. You see, Jesus loved us all where each of us were. No matter what your circumstances were, he loved you right there. He didn't wait until we got better. We're, you know, we're, we're living better or living right, all those kind of things. He loved us right where we were. It was his goodness that led us to repentance. The Bible tells us that. But understand this. He continues to love us through our failures and our weaknesses. Isn't that right? Continues, you know, we're all a work in progress. How many of you found that? You know, none of us have reached it yet. We're all still having, you know, the rough bits chipped off as we go and let him do the work let him do that we're saved as we've said i think a couple of weeks ago this is the way it works we're saved we're being saved and we will be saved it's a, a hard to sort of figure out which part you stand in but the fact that you know that you're saved is you know that you came to Christ and you put all your hope in his in, in his substitutionary work upon the cross that's a salvation place you're already saved but we're going to go on being saved as he because the word salvation um a sozo the word for saved actually means means to be made every bit whole and that's an ongoing progress for all of us the bible says that when we're unfaithful he remains faithful and he expects us to do the same with others expects us to have that same heart toward others. Therefore, you know, there should be no one in our lives that we wouldn't forgive if they came to us and asked us. There shouldn't be anyone. I'll forgive everyone, but not, that, not, not them. I remember what they did. You know, we're willing to forgive everyone if they come and ask us. And that's really just a little test that you can, that you can apply to your own heart. And ask yourself, is there anyone that you wouldn't forgive? 
and it goes on in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 28 to 30. And it says there, but that servant went out. So he gets forgiven, has all his debt uh, forgiven. But that servant went out and found his fellow servants who owned him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not but went and threw him into the prison till he should pay the debt. Why is it that we should extend God's love to the undeserving, to our enemies, or those that persecute us or despitefully use us? And of course, we see in Matthew 18 and verse 31, it just goes in. So when his fellow masters saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master and all that had been done. And then his master, after he'd called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant? Just as I had pity on you. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he would pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father will also do if to you, if each of you from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. It's a solemn word, isn't it? It's one that should get our attention. I don't know about you, but I want to be forgiven. And I don't want to have anything blocking me from being forgiven, you know, by the Lord. And it's quite clear that Jesus is saying, this is a blockage, this is a problem. If we're going to reach the place where our Christian lives our Christian witness makes a difference in someone's life. We're going, to be, we're going to have to be able to love others like God loves us. To love everyone the way that he loves us, which is unconditionally. Puts no conditions on that. And when believers are ugly with one another, unforgiving, unreconciled, the unbelieving world looks on and says, see, church doesn't have anything that's different anything that's better. Jesus made this truth so clear for us when he gave that new, new, new commandment. And, and I'll just read it to you from John chapter 13 and verse 34 to 35. It says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. He's talking about in the church, you know, in the, in the Christian fellowship among other believers, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. It's a witness outside, uh, uh, to, the, to the world outside. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. And it's not just that warm, gushy feeling when you see your, you know, your brother or sister in Christ we're talking about. It's, it's talking about someone who's maybe done the wrong thing by you, you know, rubbed you the wrong way, said something against you, talked about you behind your back, and you found out. You know, it's those times that we have to say, you know what? I'm just going to walk in love. I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to pray for them. That's powerful. And if we're going to do life with God, we need to have a heart like his for the lost. And speaking of the lost, um, we've been together working uh, uh, and just praying and looking at it and uh, taking some steps 
uh, to again just raise up a, another effective program within the church which is designed to uh, reach the lost. And I just want to, on this note of talking about how we should be with the church, uh, uh, um, as a church, but also as a church, looking to those that are outside the church, looking to those that, you know, that we would say the unsaved, the unchurched, those that have never heard the truth of the gospel. And um, I want to uh, uh, talk to you about that. Just as a quick program, you'll be seeing it more and more in the church. Uh, we'll have little flyers available and I'm uh, just going to roll this out to you today. It's called Three Times Three. It's a little bit of what, about, uh, um, about what Pastor Peter Nichols was talking about when he was here back in uh, 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 June, back end of May. But we see the need in the church at this time uh, to be those that step up and increase our prayer for the lost. It starts with prayer, praying for those that are outside the church. The lost being those that are yet to be reached with the good news of the gospel. Okay, we've been praying into uh, a small group approach. How do we do this as small groups? Uh, how do we get small groups raised up around this area of praying for the lost? And, and, and of course, we've uh, come up with a, a program that we saw being used down in Perth, Victory Life Centre, and said, that's a great program. It really sort of sprung up to me. Uh, it's called Three Times Free. And of course, we're announcing it today and we'll be speaking to it often um, as a means of us as a church being more active in our personal evangelism outside of the church and as a means that the church can both connect with one another in fellowship, gather together in groups, go and have coffee with other believers, all those things, but also be taking practical steps to reach out to the lost. And um, a three times uh, three is a small group, um, three believers, okay, three believers, can't do it with two, you've got to do it with three. Three believers uh, that connect and gather together and, and, and uh, begin to pray. Each person, each one of those three, start to pray for three people in their world. Okay? Three people in their sphere of influence and, uh, and start to pray for them. Uh, the actual, the actual uh, document that, that goes with a group, a three by three group, actually gives some, some uh, practical guidance on how to pray for the lost, how to break. That, um, uh, that, that hold that the enemy so often has over the lost. You know, that removing that veil that stops them from hearing the gospel for the first time and getting past their, their head that, that, that says no to it and into their heart where they can believe in the heart and then confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus. So, you know, it's, it's very much about that. And uh, the three see nine being saved and pray about those nine people together daily. All right. It's an exercise of prayer and faith. And, and of course, uh, the three believers that are in the three by three group will have one person in the group agreed and nominated by the other two uh, that will report to a VLB pastor. When I say report, just bring uh, uh, ongoing progress reports of how that's going, at least monthly. But sharing progress made, testimonies of breakthroughs, things that they're seeing happening, blessings that have occurred. And if a three by three group forms, just even from the basis of this discussion today and just, you know, rolling it out to you today, have someone come and tell us. Have, you know, go to one of the VLB pastors, one of the pastoral leadership team and ask uh, uh, maybe for the... Uh, the that, that they'd like to get together and, uh, and have one of those brochures to, um, uh, to begin to look at. But those three believers meet together at least fortnightly 
to pray for those nine people and just encourage one another. Uh, a fortnightly catch-up, it can be via Zoom, uh, it could be at a coffee shop, it could be down the beach, but just gather together with your friends and actually take this three times three program on. And of course, um, the main reason for the catch-up, make sure that the main reason is the three times three program and those nine people that you're praying with together. You know, I often think about how I got saved and I know the way that the Lord's intervention into my life was so powerful, it was so life-changing that I knew, that I knew, that I knew, and I still think about it often today, someone was praying for me. Someone in my world started to pray that I would hear the gospel of my salvation. And of course, what it does, it opens a door for the Spirit of God to start moving in that person's life, for that conviction of my unbelief to, to begin as the Holy Spirit does. He convicts us of the unbelief in Jesus. He convinces us of that. And of course, the process that happens is that we get saved, you know, somehow, some way, the Lord makes that way. But, you know, make it the main reason. And uh, you can have a men's one, you can have a, a woman's one, you can, you know, you can have a young adult's one, you can do any, any of those different models as, as you like. You can have a senior's one, it doesn't matter. But three people getting together and praying for three people each and praying together for those nine people daily. Let's watch what happens. You know, we so often talk about how important it is to reach the lost, but this is putting wheels on it. You know, this is uh, 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 taking it out of our occasional prayer that we might have through the week and we pray for the lost, and I assure you, we already pray for the lost. But this is giving it to the church and saying, church, let's all be active, not just the ones that gathered for prayer, but let's all be active in this way. So uh, I encourage you, you know... Um, Let's all, uh, let's all uh, finish by standing. We'll just pray and we'll maybe ask the worship team to come. But I want to encourage you this morning, you know, that um, uh, you know, we can invite the Holy Spirit to get involved in, and, and uh, empower these initiatives to lead us to those that are being saved. You know, the early church spoke of how um, the Lord was daily adding to the church those who were being saved. And there's people in your life my life that are currently being saved they're not saved yet but they're being saved yeah. it's going to happen yeah. and we need to get about the business of praying for them i know there's some people here who do feel deeply about personal evangelism there's some who say well i haven't really done too much of it and that's okay but this is where we start to exercise ourselves in this approach and start to see the lord do his work among us um, and the testimonies that come when you become an outreach orientated church very, very powerful. So um, I encourage you, we want more of that. But let's pray today and invite the Holy Spirit to help us as we, as we embark in this program. Father, we again thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for uh, your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for the abundant life that you came to bring us, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you came to give it to us. And we're a people that understand that it's up to us to walk in it. Lord, we're a people that, Father, are hungry for you. Hungry for more of you in our lives, Lord, and for more of your power. And Lord, we, we pray also as we release this three times three program, Lord. Lord, that um, uh, there'd be an uptake, Father God, that uh, by those that have a heart, Lord God, to reach the lost, reach those that are outside the church, Lord God, reach those that are outside of a personal relationship with you. And Father, on that note, Lord, we pray today. We pray for anyone today that, 
that might, Father God, be in here that would say they don't have a relationship with you, Lord. We pray, Lord God, that you would begin to touch their heart even now as we speak. We pray, Lord God, that there would be a shift and a change. Lord, even a motivation, Father, to come and, uh, and receive you for the first time. To believe in their heart, to confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and receive him as Lord and Saviour. Lord, we pray today that you even as we sing this last song, that you would uh, touch hearts and lives, Father. Those that have need, Father, whether it be for salvation, whether it be for healing, Lord, whether it be, Father, for a, just an area of brokenheartedness, Father. Lord, that they just recognise a need to re receive a touch from you today afresh, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would uh, minister to them as we sing this song. Lord, I ask that you would uh, even lead them down the front so that we could pray and lay hands, Father God, as your word declares. But Father, we thank you for your word today, Lord God. We thank you for the guidance, Lord, the direction that we get from it, Lord, the, the help that we have from your Holy Spirit. And today, Lord God, we declare you are great. And Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honour and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.